Good to see you all. We had a fantastic day today. Who was here today when we did the roundtable thing? These leaders here that have got their hands up, keep your hands up for a sec. They are phenomenal people. And I'm not just saying that just because I'm a guest. You can put your hands down now. But I just want everyone to know, like, there was such a, such a genuine leaning and uh, such a sort of hunger just to chat about Jesus and his church. Uh, and that, that's because they care about you. They care about this, this community. And um, is it a city? It's a town? It's a town. They care about this town, which one day will be so big because Jesus is doing something. It's called a city, maybe. No? Whatever. But, um, yeah, so I've loved today. And thank you, Christian, for having, having me down here. It's my favorite thing in the world is to chat about Jesus and his church with other people who also are passionate about that. Um, today I'm going to share a message on the subject of praise. Um, I, I'd call this all-in praise. The word or hashtag all-in is something that Adidas used over the World Cup. It means to, to give everything, to hold nothing back. Um, and you might walk into churches like Hillsong or walk into your own church and you see people clapping and shouting and dancing and amening and all that kind of stuff. And maybe you think it's a generational thing or it's a style thing. Um, I've actually found it to be in the Bible and I want to show that to you today. But um, I've got to be honest with you where, that, uh, where this message actually came from. Um, one Sunday night, I was driving home from church. We'd had four services at the Dominion, which means I had sung 22 songs. <laughs> and, um, and my wife, Charlie, turned to me and uh, she says, hey, Dan, can I ask you a question? Now, when your wife asks to ask you a question, it's normally one of two things. Either she wants some money <laughs> or you've done something wrong. And... She turned to me and she said, hey, Dan, um, I noticed in that last, in the last service, in the last couple of songs, you had your hands in the air in worship. I was like, yeah, I did. She said, and you were singing the songs. I said, yeah. She said, you looked the part and you sounded the part, but was there anything going on in your heart? And what she was saying is that it looked like I was doing all the right things, but it looked like there was nothing going on. Like I wasn't actually connecting with God at all, that I was just going through the motions. And of course, being a defensive pastor. I was like, what are you talking about? I'm always connected to God all the time. Yeah. And then God just very clearly spoke to me through my wife and just said, you weren't worshiping me at all in that moment. And it was so true. By the end of it, those last songs, I was just doing Christian karaoke all by myself. And I wasn't even thinking about the words that I was singing. And I wasn't even thinking about who I was singing them to. And it's funny how God can sometimes speak through the people closest to us but we don't even acknowledge it because we think, oh, that's just my wife, or that's just my husband, or that's just my brother or my sister. We want the big prophet to come through down and pull us out of a crowd and speak the word. But it's amazing what God actually says to the people closest to us. And so out of that, I just got down on my hands and knees, and I said, God, I want to get to the core, to the nucleus, to the heartbeat of what praise and worship is all about. And God just birthed these two messages, one on worship and one on praise. And tonight, I want to share the one on praise. As I started to research, I found out this. That everybody praises something. Whether you're Christian or non-Christian, everyone praises something. And if you don't praise God, you can praise a football team or a band or your partner or your car or your career or your reputation. Everyone praises something. This is what I've definitely realized. Praise anything other than Jesus Christ. It will take from you and deplete you. But praise Jesus Christ. He will build you, restore you, and complete you. For we were actually created to praise him. And if you want to live the best life that God actually has for you, it has everything to do with putting him first and praising him. So as I got into it, I found these seven Hebrew words. There's more, there's more than seven, but I'm going to look at seven Hebrew words of praise. There's Yauda, Tauda, Barak, Halal, Shabak, Zamar, and Tehillah. So I'm going to teach you some Hebrew today, okay? Look here, you thought this guy's got a hat, he doesn't know any Hebrew. I know Hebrew. Okay, so let's put the first one on the screen. Actually, let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word today. And we pray that as we hear your scripture and we hear your word, it will change us because it challenges us. And, uh, and Lord, it's your word which is our foundation and our cornerstone. And so may we leave this place inspired and encouraged. May we leave this place looking more like you, closer to you. Amen. Yaura. Everyone say Yaura. Very good. So Yaura means the thanksgiving of what has been received with extended hands. What Yaura means is that you know God is a good God and a loving God, and you know the blessings around you are from Him, so therefore your response is to praise Him with extended hands, with hands raised. It's the same visual of when you see a young child reaching up to their parents. They know that they're loved, that they are protected, so their response is to reach out towards Him. The more you understand about God's love and His greatness, the more your Yaura praise will grow. So it means it is a journey. For Yaudah praise is actually a response. Who had breakfast this morning? Give me a wave. Very good. It's the most important meal of the day. The reason you had breakfast today was not because it was your breakfast time. It was because you were responding to something, and that something was hunger. Who went to bed last night? Give me a wave. Oh, some of you rebels stayed up all night. (laughs) I like it. The reason you went to bed last night was not because it was your bedtime. It was because you were responding to something, and that something is tiredness. What we praise not because it's the time of day on a Sunday or the time of day on a Tuesday. It's because we're responding to something, and that something is grace. For Because we have been saved and set free. Because he is doing a great work in us and through us, our response is to praise him. I love standing next to new Christians in church. They praise God with such passion and enthusiasm. Hands in the air like they just don't care. Sometimes uh, tears streaming down their face. Why? Because they've just encountered this grace, this love, and acceptance. They can't do anything else other than just respond and praise Him. So if you feel like your praise has become a little bit numb, you've become a little bit desensitized, you've just became, gone through the motions, and it's become like a traditional thing, maybe you just need to remember the day you got saved. Remember the day you got baptized. Remember the great work God started in you and is still doing in you today. In the words of Mufasa, remember, remember, remember. Don't put grace in your doctrinal box or on your shelf of theology. For grace is not a concept or doctrine or, or a theology. Grace is a person and his name is Jesus Christ. And the more you realize that you are saved by his grace and his alone, our response is to praise him. Now the first place we find this Yadar praise in the Bible is in Genesis 29. It's quite a well-known story about Rachel and Leah. Just to put it all in context for you, Rachel and Leah are sisters. Rachel, uh, the physical attributes of Rachel are described, as are the ones of Leah. Rachel is beautiful and shapely. Leah, not so much. (laughs) Rachel is like 10 out of 10. Leah is like 6.5 out of 10. Rachel is like Ferrari. Leah is like Skoda. Rachel is like Ralph Lauren. Leah is like Primark. Rachel is like, I don't know, Mansfield Football Club. Where's Paul? Was he here? Yes, that's for you. Leah is like Notts County. Yeah? Yeah. There's a difference there. I know it sounds harsh, but it's biblical, right? There's a difference. Now, both sisters are are hanging out, and then this guy called Jacob is walking along. He's scoping and hoping, and there he sees Rachel. He likes her a lot. Goes on Facebook, checks out. She's single. Yes. He goes up to her, gives the best chat-up lines. You know what material this is? Husband material. (laughs) She loves it. They get on. He he goes to see her father. His name is Laban. and says, I like your daughter. Can I marry her? He says, you can marry her. 
but you have to work for me for seven years. Seven years. We got any single lads in the house? Give me a wave. No single lads. A couple of single lads. Keep your hands up if you'd work for seven years. Wait, right, boys, I'm helping you out here. Keep your hand up. <laughs> work for seven years. Anyway, he does it. He goes to work for seven years. Comes his wedding day. He is so excited he can't hide it. He's got his suit on from Zara. He's got a tan because he had his stag do in Prague. He's there. Bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, ba-dum. In she comes walking down the aisle. Problem is, is that Laban has switched the daughters, and it is not Rachel walking down the aisle. It is, in fact, Leah. And the wedding attire would have covered the head and the body, so he does not know that it's Leah. Not only does he go through with the wedding vows, but he spends the wedding night with her. Uh-huh, honey. He wakes up the next day. Uh, what the? No. That's not the one I ordered. Uh, no, he gets out his phone, Instagram, shock selfie, hashtag, father-in-law did me over. He can't believe it. He goes to see Laban the next day, and he says, what's all this about? And Laban's like, yeah, got you. You can, have, you can have them both. Buy one, get one free if you work for another seven years. Anyway, he does it. He works for another seven years. He is now married to both sisters. This is where the problem starts. Because Leah knows that she is unloved. She is in this place of being rejected and abandoned. But God blesses her with babies. She has four babies. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and the fourth baby she calls Judah. For Judah means praise. And this is where you see the scripture in Genesis 29, 35. It says, once again Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah for she said, now I will praise Yadah the Lord. What she's saying is that she knows she's been abandoned by man, but she has not been, ama- been abandoned by her God. And she's aware that she has been blessed, so her response is to give God Yadar praise. It's being aware of the blessings that we have in our life and acknowledging that they come from God and praising God with an attitude of gratefulness rather than walking in entitlement. Imagine if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you thank God for today. Wouldn't that change the way you thank Him? Wouldn't that change the way you praise him? The thing I love about that passage is that from Judah came the tribe of Judah, the tribe of praise. From him came King David. From the line of King David came Jesus Christ. And Jesus showed us how to truly praise, that it wasn't about rules or regulations or religion. It was simply through a relationship with him. As Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again, he ascended up to heaven and the Holy Spirit descended in Acts 2, the day of Pentecost. It's, it's this, um, this Holy Spirit that we're all full of today. So when we praise God today and are thankful for who he is and what he has done for us in our life, when we are thankful for the grace that we have received, we are actually connected all the way through to the first book of the Bible in Genesis which tells me that the Bible is not a dead book, but it's, not, it's a living book. It's not dormant. He is not distant. He is alive. And today, we can all give God Yadar praise. The second one is Tauda. Everyone say Tauda. Tauda is next level. Tauda means a sacrifice of thanks or a sacrifice of praise. It means you praise God even when you don't feel like praising Him. When you're going through the divorce, when you're struggling with depression, when you're still pray, uh, praying for the healing, when you've just suffered the miscarriage, when you're still unemployed. Your situation and your circumstances have put you in a position, and the last thing you feel like doing is praising, but nevertheless, you understand that God is bigger than your problems, and he's much greater than your pain, so you decide to praise him anyway. This is called Taudar praise. It says this in Psalm 56, verses 12. I will fulfill my vows to you, O God, and I will offer a sacrifice of thanks, Taudar, for your help. There's two times to praise God, and there's two times to thank God. When you feel like it, and when you don't. 
when you feel like it and when you don't. Yalda is when you feel like it and Tauda is when you don't. The thing is, when you don't give God Taudar praise, when you don't go to Him, you try and medicate your problem in your own strength. You try and fix it yourself, sometimes with other relationships, sometimes with alcohol, sometimes with other substances, sometimes with anything you can get your hands on. You just try and fix it in your own strength. But we were never created to deal with our problem and our pain in our own strength. We were created in a way in which we are power-assisted, His Holy Spirit power. And when we give Him Taudar praise, we are actually giving Him access into our situation so he can do what only he can do. A couple of years ago, I did a bike ride for the A21 campaign, which is an anti-human trafficking organization. My wife works for them, and so I was excited to raise some money and awareness. So we cycled from Bulgaria to London on a bike in Lycra. It wasn't a pretty sight. But I remember on the fourth day, we're going through Hungary, and I got a flat tire. The moment I got the flat tire, I veered into the road, then I veered into the path, managed to get my foot out and managed to stop myself so I was safe. At that time, I tried to fix the puncture with my puncture repair kit, but I was tired, I was exhausted, and I just couldn't do it. Then I realized that with us was our support car, this guy called Joey. So I called him over. In about 30 seconds, he took off the old wheel, replaced it with a brand new wheel, and was back on my way, joining everyone else, cycling along through Europe. I'll tell you that story because a little bit like us cyclists, we are all on mission. We are on mission to go into all the world, to tell everyone about Jesus, to make his name famous, etc., etc. We are on mission. But at some point, we will all get a flat tire. We will all get a problem, a giant to face, a dark valley to walk through, a storm to coast through. We will face a time when we are actually struggling. And what we normally do is this. We say, you go ahead, don't worry about me. And then we try and fix it ourselves in our own strength. But today I want to encourage you that you don't just have a support car by your side. You have a support savior on the inside. And when you give him Taudar praise, you give him access into your situation. Because miracles are his memorial. He doesn't just fix it for a season. No, he changes it for eternity. He takes the old and makes it new. He takes the dead and brings it to life. He takes the ordinary and makes it extraordinary. He takes the natural and makes it supernatural. He's the King of kings and Lord of lords. It's Jesus Christ that I'm talking about today. So if you're going to give anyone praise today, we've got to give him praise because he will do the unexpected and the impossible. So praise is praising even when you don't feel like it. When you stop talking about how big your problem is and start talking about how great and how good your God is. Number three is Barak. Everyone say Barak. It's really easy because it's just like Obama, Barak. It means the act of kneeling. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel, Barak, before the Lord our maker. Now, it's going to be a bit hard to walk around on your knees kneeling all the time every day. It's actually talking much more about the actual physical act of kneeling. It's talking about a lifestyle of kneeling. A lifestyle of Galatians 2.20. No longer I, but Christ that lives in me. It's a lifestyle of servanthood, a lifestyle of submission, a lifestyle of surrender, a lifestyle of God first, a lifestyle of humility. Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself less. And as we are talking earlier, humility is actually the hallmark of maturity. So right here, we, actually, we can praise God with our lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle of thinking about ourselves less and thinking about others more. So put God first and each other. What that means is when you serve one another, when you love one another, when you encourage one another, you're actually praising God because you're stepping out and praising God with Barak. That means the Sunday school team on a Sunday who might not be in the service during praise and worship, they're out looking after the children, they're praising God with Barak. It means the street teams that go out and help people in the community, they are praising God with Barak. It means that 
anybody who said, I'm serving today, or I'm serving in this area, you are actually praising God with Barak. So worship and praise is not limited to 20 minutes in a service, but it's actually a lifestyle that we live. I believe that this community does not need a new definition of Christianity. It just needs a demonstration of Christianity. I believe that people in this town are desperate to see the Jesus Christ that is on the inside of you. And the way people get to see him is by you you walking and praising God with Barak. And through your lifestyle, people will see that Jesus is alive. Number four is halal. Everyone say halal. Now, this is where it starts getting a little bit crazy. And most English people jump out at this point, so it's totally okay. If it's too much, you just chill out, just stop taking notes, whatever. You can just shut your eyes too much. Maybe those three were just enough for you today. But if you do want to go to, like, the extreme, this is halal. And it means to shine, to boast, to be clamorously foolish. Clamorously means all eyes looking. Foolish means foolish. What it means is that you don't care about being unashamed or undignified. You just praise God like you're in heaven already. Have you ever seen kids when they're in the park? They just walk up to anyone. Hey, do you want to go and hang out? Do you want to play? Yeah, they dance. you ever seen kids dancing at a wedding? They're like, they, just, they just don't care, do they? Because they haven't yet learned to care about what other people think. I truly believe that this is what halal praise looks like. You praise God, and you're not worried about the words or the thoughts of man. All you care about is praising your maker. It's funny because I feel like I wasted half my Christian walk because I didn't understand this. I got saved when I was 18. I was backpacking in Australia, and, then, and I'm, I'm 29 now. And I feel like I wasted at least five to six years because I was always the one at the back, hands in my pockets, like, I'm just cool, smooth, like, you know, I was always very aware of what people might think of me, very aware of what my voice might sound like, very aware of anything, so I was just, I was just chilled, I was just reserved. But then I just had this revelation, that praise isn't about giving God your half, or just giving God a bit, it's about giving him all or nothing, and in that moment I just said, God, no longer am I holding back, On the, from this day forward, I'm going to praise you like I'm in heaven, I'm going to praise you like I used to praise other, you know, when I used to go to the clubs back in the day before I was saved, you know, I used to have some, I used to have some dance moves, I had some shapes, they were always to impress the ladies, you know, back then I didn't care, then because it was about me, I just wanted to do what I do to impress the ladies, but, but it's funny how we get in church and like all the, all the fun stuff, the dancing, the clapping and the singing, we just, we're now, now a Christian, now a Christian, hands in pockets, but I believe that actually in church, it should be the most the biggest and the loudest celebration in this whole town and this community. I truly believe that people should walk in the doors and think, what are they smoking? What are they drinking? I want a little bit of that. You can, trust me, it costs you nothing. The price has already been paid on the cross. It is free to you. Indeed, it's called the joy of the Lord. Happiness will come and go, but the joy you get from Christ, there's nothing like it. The one thing that will hold you back from giving God halal praise is this one word, reserved. Because we are reserved. A majority of us in in this room are English. And we know we're English, we're reserved. The thing is, the word reserved means held back for another purpose. And if you're playing for Mansfield United, is it United? Town. Town. In the evening, if you're in a final, say they're in the final, which we believe for next season. Come on. I'm preaching. (laughs) If they're in the final, right, and their number one striker, which obviously I don't know the name of him, but anyway, their number... Huh? Matt Green. Matt Green. Yeah, Matty Green. Come on, Matty Green. So if Matt Green was playing in the final in an afternoon, on a Saturday afternoon, he would not go out and run a marathon in the morning, would he? No, he would reserve himself. He would hold back for another purpose. And that purpose is so he can give his everything in the game. Now, as Christians, I truly believe we are meant to be reserved. 
But we're not meant to be reserved around the word. We're meant to be reserved in the world. I'll just explain this. When you go back to work on, on Wednesday tomorrow and people are belittling and gossiping and excluding people, manipulating people, that's when we're supposed to be reserved. We hold back from that. We don't join in. We hold back, but not to cast judgment, but to bring the love and light of Jesus Christ into that situation. You'll have many opportunities to be reserved in the world. But this is my question. Why do we ever come here into church on a Tuesday night and hold back? Because what other purpose is there than to give God all the glory? This is the one place out of your whole week where you should just be able to come, let go, and let God just do what he can do and just praise him like you're in heaven. When you're in heaven, you won't be insecure about your voice. You won't be insecure about your hands. You won't be insecure about your dance moves. In heaven, you're going to have a party like no other party. So the question is, do you want to wait for heaven or do you want to start having it now? Because there's freedom when you start praising God with halal. When you let go of caring what other people think and you just start praising God, you watch what it does. I found breakthrough in my life and it's changed my relationship with God ever since. Number five is Shabak. How are we doing for time? Great. Number five is Shabak. Now, you can't do Shabak if you haven't done Halal. So, like I said, feel free just to jump out whenever you want. But Shabak means to address in a loud voice. It means to give a shout of praise. And all the way through the Bible, what you'll find is that when there is a shout of praise or lifting God's name up in a loud voice, it's a, it's a physical act which always has a spiritual breakthrough. Like walls come tumbling down, like gates swing open in jails when people start praising God with a loud voice. It says this in Psalm 47, verses 1. It says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Which means to give God a shout of praise is actually biblical. I've got to be honest with you. When I first came to Hillsong, and I remember the pastor going, come on, let's give God a shout of praise. And everyone went, way. I was like, that's fine, that's cool for you. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not really a shouter. So I'm not really going to participate in this moment of the service. And I kind of thought it was just there just to G up the service or excite everyone. But when I started getting into this, what I realized is that there is a huge spiritual uh, fruit that comes from um, a shout of praise. Because what a shout of praise does, it, it unites the body of Christ together. And it lifts us above your divisions uh, and unforgiveness and separations and denominations and backgrounds. It lifts us under the name of Jesus Christ and unites us together. A shout of praise eradicates fear and unites us on the journey that God has for you. Who's seen the film Braveheart? Give me a wave. Yeah, William Wallace. There's that scene where he's got all the Scottish army lined up. They've got blue paint all over their face, massive muscles. He's on his horse, and he's, he's riding up and down, and he's like, Scotland, are you ready? And, they, they, and he's talking, doing this big speech about freedom, and they respond by going, yeah. Like they give him that massive shout, don't they? Can you imagine if there was just one lad, hands in pockets? Oh, William Wallace. Yeah, I, I'm up for it. I'm really, I'm all in, seriously, but like, I'm just, I'm just not a shouter, so, you know. <laughs> William Wallace would ride up to him, get off his horse and say, mate, this ain't about whether you're a shouter or not. This is about whether you're with us or not with us, as we're about to go forward into what this battle has for us. Are you with us or not? And that's what it comes down to with a shout of praise. I'm not a shouter. I'm an introvert. Even when I go to football, football games and my team scores, I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> Even when me and my wife are arguing and, you know, she's shouting, like, I don't shout. I'm just like, it's cool, babe. She's always, she gets really angry because I do all the cooking and all the cleaning and, you know. <laughs> but anyway, even when she's shouting, I don't shout. I'm not a shouter. 
But shouting has nothing to do with your introvert or extro extrovert, sanguine or melancholy, loud or quiet. It just has everything to do with whether you want to be part of what God is doing in that moment. And I encourage you, if anyone ever up here or down there or wherever, someone says, come on, let's give God a shout of praise. Lean in and just go for it and, and watch, watch God do something real, really um, spiritual and, uh, and supernatural. Number six is Zamar. Everyone say Zamar. Now, Zamar is... Um, the music element. It says to sing or play an instrument. Uh, and it says this in Psalm 147, verses 7. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praise, Zamar, on the harp to our God. Zamar. The one thing that really stands out to me is a pattern that I see all the way through the Bible. It says sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God. Sing thanksgiving, yada and tauda, and then you play on the harp. What it's saying is that the music does not lead the praise. The music is not here to try and get you to give God yada and tauda. It's the yada and tauda which leads the way, and the music just accompanies our praise. What that means is that there should never be some worship leader up here desperately praying to God for the congregation to join in and worship. Please, God, can they join in today? Sweating, playing their heart out, just praying for the community to sing. But actually, we should all be here ready with our yada, our tauda, our thanksgiving leading the way, saying, hey, Ben, can you hurry up? I'm ready to praise today. I'm ready to give God everything I have. The praise starts here. This is just your backing band. So today, I just want to encourage you, don't look to these guys to lead you in praise and worship, thanksgiving, yada and tauda, but you guys lead the way from your heart, from your revelation, from what God has done. And you know sometimes how the lyrics disappear? You know, like, you know it's, uh, it's like the instrumental bit, and we all freak out, don't we? Because we're like, oh, Christian karaoke's gone. What do I do? This is awkward. No, that's the bit where you sing a new song from your heart. You sing in your heavenly language. You just start to praise him and thank him and just allow God to do what only he can do. We don't always need lyrics. You can sing a song from your heart. And if you've never done that before, I encourage you to do that. The last one, number seven, is Tehillah. Everyone say Tehillah. Fantastic. Tehillah is the all-in of praise. It means singing, dancing, clapping. It's an undignified celebration. It actually means to sing halals. To sing halals. So we talked about being totally unashamed, to be totally undignified. Now it's everything put together. This is the all-in of praise. The all-in of praise. It says this in Psalm 100 verses 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Dehila. Enter into his courts with praise. Dehila. It's funny because we see exactly the same. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, yada and tauda, but into his courts with Dehila. Which means there is this inner place, this, this deeper place where God inhabits and God, dwe God dwells, and it's this place of Dehila. And it starts with thanksgiving, yada and tauda. But if you want to get to this deeper place, there is a place. And this place is a place of total surrender, a place of reckless abandon, where you say, no longer I, but Christ that lives in me. That's what Tehillah means, that you aren't thinking for one moment about what you're having for lunch tomorrow, or what you're doing for your job, or anything like that, but you're just there with an expectation, and your expectation leads to your experience. Because let's be honest, we've all been to conferences, or weekends away, or, or night rallies, and we've walked away, and we're like, wow, wasn't God's presence really tangible there? Or, or wow, wasn't... Didn't, didn't, didn't God really do something there tonight? Now, it's not that God is any more there than any other time. Because God lives in us. So wherever you are, God is as well. 
But there are definitely those nights where his presence is somewhat more tangible. Do you know why that is? It's because the community have arrived at this place of Tehillah, this place of surrender. And because they've arrived at this place of surrender, God has moved. The only thing God can move through is a surrendered heart. So whatever you surrender to God gives him access to move through it. If you want him to move through your finances, just say, God, I give you my finances. If you want him to move through your relationships, just say, God, I give you my relationships. If you want him to move through your leadership and your character, just say, God, I give you my leadership and my character. Whatever you give to God gives him access to move through. And there's this place where you can really experience God's presence. But it's never about a feeling. It's never about just getting the the warm fuzzies or anything like that. But there is a place where you can experience God's presence on another level. And the question is not really... Will God show up? The question is, will you surrender? Tonight could be the most powerful service you've ever been in. And it has nothing to do with who's leading worship. It has nothing to do with who the preacher is. And it has nothing to do with the night of the week. It has everything to do with whether you are willing to step out of your comfort zone and into the God zone more than ever before. It's a choice that you can make. As the worship team come and join me up here, I'm going to leave you with a very easy way to remember the seven ways to praise. So there's Yalda, Tawada, Barak, Halal, Shabak, Zaman, Dehila. Can we just put them up there? There we go. Now, when I was at school, I tried to learn the, the planets. So my teacher gave me this thing called My Very Easy Method Just Speeds Up Naming Planets. Familiar with that? Yeah. Mercury, yeah. Venus, Earth. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, b- before the band play, this is my way to remember this, okay? Okay, so it's very easy. So here we go. So Yalda, Yoda, yeah, Yoda, <laughs> Yoda went Tuda, Tuda, Yoda went Tuda, White House to meet Barack Obama. It was, then he went to the shop to get some halal meat. It was buy one, get one free. Shabba, he said. As he walked out, he saw his German girlfriend, Zamantha. Next to her was this little smiley Mexican lady. He said to her, why are you smiling? She said, oh, well, my daughter was sick, but now she's okay because we prayed to Jesus to heal her, to heal her. Seven ways to praise. Amazing, amazing. You guys can pray now. Hey, um, I purposely wanted to end with a little bit of a joke. Not that it was that funny. It was because tonight we are going to sing and we're going to praise. But I, I didn't really want to work, you know, sometimes you can feel like working up for a moment, you know what I mean? Or you can like try and engage. I don't want to lead anyone anywhere tonight, myself, you know what I mean? Because sometimes the pastor can lead you somewhere, your parents can lead you somewhere, your partner can, and that's all great. But tonight, I only want you to praise, and I only want you to worship if it's something that you want to do. And, and I don't know what for you is getting out of your comfort zone. Maybe for tonight, getting out of your comfort zone is just singing, because you've never sung out loud, because you think your voice is terrible. And you look at the first few weeks of the X Factor and you're like, that's me right there. You know, I, I get that. If you're going for the X Factor, you've got to go in tune. But right here, we're in church and, and it's okay to sing out tune. We normally turn these guys up so loud that we can't even hear you anyway. So you could just sing your heart out today and don't even care. That's why I love my church Hillsong. I just sing and I sing out tune, but no one can hear me. So I'm just giving God everything. Maybe today you've never lifted your hand in worship because you're like, Why? What you've seen in the Bible is Yada with extended hands. So maybe for you, your one step is just taking your hands out your pockets and just saying, God, I, I surrender. The universal sign for surrender. Maybe you've never lifted two hands, so today you're going to lift two hands. Maybe you've never sort of jumped or moved your body a little bit. Like we have our whole body. You can worship God with anything that you want in any way that you can. And maybe on a Sunday, we're always 
looking out for the people who have come for the first time and say you're not going to you know, do your swirly twirlies down the aisle or whatever. But, you know, just tonight, just Tuesday night, I just really feel, and I know I'm probably offending the mind a little bit, but sometimes it's good to offend the mind to see where the heart is. I just feel like, just for you, wherever you are, just say, God, I just want to praise you like I've never praised you before. So now I take a step out of my zone into your God zone and I just pray that you'll just start to you, you know and just start to pray to God just start to thank him Yada and Tawada and just watch what he does and just as you start to praise him let's just start to imagine that we're actually in heaven so come on while we stand to our feet right now